Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. A uh, Another off-season edition right now. Warriors are up 95-93 with 25 seconds left. So by the time you're hearing this on Tuesday morning, hopefully the Golden State Warriors have won. Uh, the Giants, Giants baseball is going pretty well for my Giants home fa- fans out there. Uh, the Yankees have the best record in baseball, Leo. Just wanted to throw that out there. The best record in baseball, my New York Yankees. Um, not so much going on in 49er land. It is kind of the dead period of the offseason, but we will see rookies in rookie minicamp here shortly. Leo, how you doing, buddy? Besides the allergies kicking my butt right now, oh, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, yeah, the, the Giants, uh, they decided to lose five games in a row and looks like they're going to match that with winning three games in a row. They can hold on against the Rockies, which I think will. Warriors hopefully make this series 3-1. Um, New York Yankees, man, it's uh, they're doing things right now. They're doing things with that lineup, Stanton, Judge. They should absolutely be doing things. So, hey, ho- hopefully it could uh, stay long-term for you guys and basically where you can screw Moneyball in the Tampa Bay Rays, who's been winning that division as of late. Uh, but, hey, Feliz Dia de las Madres as it is for, for my Mexican wife. And if there's any uh, Mexican mothers that is also listening to this, happy Mexican Mother's Day as well. Uh, excited to be back, baby. Excited to be back, counting down the days. <laughs> we are getting very, very close to NFL football. Schedule release is this week. Thursday is the release date. There have been some rumors, some stuff out there about the 49 schedule, but we'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, shout out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day or happy belated Mother's Day. Hopefully you had a nice Sunday and your significant other, your kiddos, or whoever it is that loves you, took care of you on your special day. Um, update on Debo Samuel. I guess no news is good news, right, Leo? The only really news here is Debo Samuel decided to refollow the 49ers on Instagram. Um, that was kind of a big headline. Shout out to our friend Steph Sanchez, who kind of noticed that she's been on the prowl for Debo Samuel's IG. Um She's been creeping his IG status for a while, and she sent us a group text and said, hey, Debo's back to following. She posted on on Twitter, and then everything decided to go nuts with that tweet. Um, do we make anything of it? Yeah, maybe we do, right? I think there's value in in some of the social media stuff. If we can't, if we have to take the stuff serious that him, him unfollowing and the comments that he liked and everything else during this time frame, we have to also acknowledge the good stuff too, right? Not everything has to be negative. Him refollowing the team doesn't mean that they're in better standings. Maybe, right? There, I think there's some value in face-to-face meetings. Not saying that that has happened, but in my opinion, I think that's something where <clears throat> Kyle and John felt pretty confident they can, you know, reconcile whatever the differences were, right? You know, I'm in negotiations and with my in my field of work, and so are you in sales. It's it's easier to talk to somebody face-to-face when it comes to money, when it comes to just trying to figure things out. So I think. Debo and his camp have at the very least sat down or gotten kind of come to the table with the 49ers and we've gotten some some good going on with this situation and you know Debo Debo kind of lost all leverage once AJ Brown signed that contract in Philadelphia. I feel like it's always easy to compare these sports aspects to two things. One is sales because it's you're as good as your last day. That's, that's how sales is. That's how sports is. We talk, We opened the show talking about baseball. Judge could go four for four one day, and if he goes 0 for four the next day with four strikeouts, then, you know, what is he? Uh, and with this Debo, situa- uh, Debo Samuel situation, I kind of compare it to a relationship 
Because guess what? 49ers haven't gave them the bag yet. In a relationship, that's equivalent to you haven't gave the ring yet. So it bumps into a relationship. You're gonna you're gonna have those ups and downs, uh, you, to where maybe your partner unfollows you and blocks you on Instagram because the conversations just went south a little bit. Um, now you guys are a little sour at each other. Maybe you liked another girl's post, and that's the 49ers. Maybe they liked another wide receiver. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of where I'm looking at with this situation. Debo Samuel said, screw it. I'm blocking you guys. I'm on you. And then realize, you know what? These are guys. You know, these are guys. I'm going to go follow them back on Instagram now. Yeah, they haven't gave me the bag yet, but I know it's coming soon. Um, you know, let's go ahead and, and we have been loyal to each other so far throughout this process. So let's go ahead and keep it going. I'm going to go ahead and hit you back with that follow. Does Kyle Shanahan have a relationship problem? Uh, because he loved to uh, flirt around with the quarterbacks, right? He's got his Ooh. favorite wide receiver unfollowing his team. Is Kyle the problem? I'm I'm ser- I'm joking, guys. Don't take that seriously. It, it's just it's just funny the the I guess the analogies that we've both used with Kyle Shanahan and his players. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's situation is you know you're in your marriage or you're, or you're somewhat of a girlfriend situation, and you're always looking at the next girlfriend. And then of course Debo Samuel unfollowing and you know kind of acting the way he acted uh, with the situation. It's it's kind of funny. Um, but I I think the resolution is 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 coming to a head here soon. Um, Debo Samuel cannot afford. I shouldn't say he cannot, but he probably does not want to afford those penalties and fines. I think it's up to ninety eight thousand dollars or something like that if he were to miss the mandatory workouts um, in June, June thirteenth through the fifteenth. I don't think Debo wants to do that, right? He just bought his fiance or girlfriend a new Land Range Rover. We saw that on Instagram, right? He's got a young son, uh, brand new son. You know, that's you're taking money out of your. Out of your, off your off your table here, so I don't think Debo's in that in that situation there, and that's when things get done. You know, when you're able to meet and sit down face to face with the people that you've worked with for the last three years. If anyone knows Debo Samuel pretty well, it's going to be Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch, right? And if anyone knows Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, it's going to be Debo Samuel. And getting to a table and having a discussion face to face is going to be the way to get this done. I don't think a FaceTime or a text message or speaking through your agent is going to get the job done especially with how we know Devo Samuel and Kyle Shanahan uh, to be pretty close. So no news is good news. And the only news that was actually out there was that he followed the team's uh, Instagram account um, and a number of 49er content creator accounts. So, uh, you know, the guys like SF Niners or our, our SF Niners, um, those guys have gotten their follows back from Devo Samuel. So, you know, the sign's there. He hasn't followed me back, but whatever. Um, Devo, one day, one day, buddy. Uh, you got to see Debo. I did in L in in Vegas. So there was that. Yeah, and he didn't give you anything, huh? He didn't give you nothing. No, he didn't. He didn't uh, wanna. You know, I'm I'm not that tight with Debo yet. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You know, I'm working my way. Maybe John and Kyle could put that in the contract negotiations. Uh, go ahead and hit hit Javi and Leo with the with the follow on Instagram, and you know, then we'll be golden from there. Look, eighty five thousand dollars missing practice is a whole lot to us. Maybe it's not to Debo, um, but to us it absolutely is. But I'll, I'll compare it in this way. Are you going to miss work for three days unpaid? No. 
as a protest just to go back to the same job? Just to go back to the same job? Are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to miss three days unpaid or whatever the time Debo say in this uh, fantasy? Say he misses two weeks of mandatory. Are you going to miss two weeks of, of pay at your job just to ultimately go back to the same said job? No. Doesn't make sense. Obviously, you know, when you compare it that way, his pockets are going to be hit the same as our pockets would be in that scenario. Nobody in the right mind is going to do that, no matter how secured you are. So when I said Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel lost leverage, I was re- going to reference um, the contracts. And this is kind of where I've been the entire time. You know, for those folks out there who are looking at the raw numbers on on, on Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown, you know, A.J. Brown, $25 million average annual salary. Devontae Adams, $28 million average annual salary. salary. Tyreek Hill got $30 million a year. No, they didn't. So when you break this down, Tyreek's, Tyreek's contract, four years, equals $23.85 million on average per year. Devontae Adams, three years, $22.5. A.J. Brown, four years, $18.3 million average. So I go back to the Tony Pauline report before the draft about how the 49ers came in at $19 million per year. And if that's the case, that would make him making more money than A.J. Brown. So when I say Debo Samuel lost leverage here, he lost all the leverage in the world because of that A.J. Brown, AJ Brown contract. Um, it's not that he had much to begin with, and I, I usually don't ever really side with the franchise, but in this case, the Niners have been willing and wanting to pay him and for him to him and his team not to be responsive, they kind of painted themselves in a bad light. Um, but hopefully all things are going well. This situation is going to get cleared up rather, rather soon. And if I had to put a number on it, I think Debo Samuel, when the numbers come out, right, the initial numbers from Adam Schefter, whenever he tweets it, it's going to be something where it's like Debo Samuel, average, you know, average per year is going to be, 27 to 31 million dollars annually like that's the range that it's going to look like but when you actually break it down after guarantees i see something where he's getting 60 million dollars in total guarantees and somewhere in that 44 40 to 45 million dollars in fully guaranteed money and then they break it down a certain way so either way deal is going to get paid um is he going to get top end of the market probably not he shouldn't um, but the Niners are going to protect themselves, and Debo Samuel is going to be paid handsomely. At the end of the day, There's, like I said, I went to, I went from a zero to a five, and now I'm back to zero on the concern level with Debo Samuel not being here in the 49ers. And I, I fully expect him to be a 49er for the next three to four seasons. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind that this is where this is headed. You said it. You said it there. I couldn't say it any more perfect. You broke down the numbers based on the contract and. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say four years. He's gonna be on the 49ers for the next four years. Um, I don't know what happens after that because then we're, we're gonna be talking about a new contract situation, and after that he's gonna be 29, 30 years old. So I want to focus on now. The good times is now. Debo Samuel, next four years, San Francisco 49ers. Let's go. Let's get to the schedule, right? So we don't know the schedule per se and dates and everything else. The only date we know is. 
November 21st in Mexico City. 49ers travel down to Mexico City to play the Arizona Cardinals, who are... The Cardinals are set to be the home team in this case, but the Niners will be on the road along with the Cardinals to do that. So the Niners have... A, we wanted to go over a few things here with the with the schedule. Away games, you know, you got your usual suspects. You got your L.A. Rams, the Seattle Seahawks. But this year, the Niners are going to be traveling a little bit. You got Atlanta. You got Carolina. You got Denver. You got the Raiders. And you got the Bears. And just looking at the away games, they don't look like they're traveling as much as they used to, right? There's not that much travel like as, as they have in the last couple of years. Um, so we were going through our outline for the show, and, you know, you asked what road game for the 49ers am I most excited about. Listen, I love the city of Denver. I do, and I've never been to Mile High Stadium. I'm going to get tickets for that game, but I also want to see the 49ers play Russell Wilson. I'm kind of upset that Russell Wilson is out of the division because I wanted the Niners to maintain some level of respectability, have a back-to-back winning season, somewhat kind of get some get-back with Russell as the back end of his career comes to a close and the Seahawks are kind of falling apart. We don't get to see that. We just get to beat up on a bad Seattle team with Drew Locke and Geno Smith, right? Unless they somehow trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, but I think Denver, that's that's a game that could be and I I don't want to go on a I don't want to go on a super high limb here, but could that not be a Super Bowl potential game? The Broncos are a solid roster. Russell Wilson is still a top ten quarterback. Could the Niners, who were just in the NFC championship game, get all the way back to Super Bowl? And play the play the Broncos like that's a that's what I was thinking. I I think it's bold to say now. It's very bold. Just because the Broncos, we haven't seen them in the postseason since Peyton Manning, um, and now Peyton Manning's a Hall of Famer, so it's been some time. It's Russ. Um, so I I think that's why it's a bold take because because you think Denver Broncos, you think the it'll, it'll relevant over the past six years, um, and then you think the Forty ers they have a first-year starter. So, yeah, it's a bull take to say Super Bowl preview. But that should not be a take that someone should dismiss. Broncos is a really talented roster. They were actually voted plenty of times by multiple outlets that they're going to be the team that goes from no playoffs into the playoffs. Because I believe uh, with the divisions combined, it's about three to four teams every single year that missed the playoffs the year before to make it the year after. And the Broncos have been the favorite. We're about to pass two years consecutively now. Um, there's one reason why they haven't made it. Quarterback position, Drew Locke, insert Russell Wilson. Um, I've had people tell me, oh, he's going to a way worse receiving staff. Ah, not really, because Denver is uh, the more loaded than what he had in Seattle. Uh, he, he had in Seattle at Malik Turner, who's now a 49er, as like his number three wide receiver. No disrespect to Malik Turner. Hopefully he turns into a Hall of Famer now that he's obtaining the red and gold. But come on now. Let, let's talk about it. And then you put him on Denver where his number three receivers are Tim Patrick, a healthy comeback KJ Hamler. Like, come on, th- this receiving core is deeper. Than what he had in Seattle, obviously the top guys is Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, who should not be dismissed. Um, yeah, and look at his running backs. Woo, Javante Williams. Woo, that's someone I wanted on 49ers. But he's a Denver Bronco, and he's a hell of a running back. 
Melvin Gordon, maybe in fantasy value. You didn't you want Melvin Gordon to be moved on for for Javante Williams' fantasy value. But God, man, Melvin Gordon's solid number two back. That's a solid one-two combo. If one of those guys had to miss two, three games for whatever reason, Russell Wilson's not stuck with the Travis Homer as his RB1. So that's that's what Denver has, and not to mention their defense. You know their defense is bringing it. They got an edge rusher in the draft. They added one from Dallas in Randy Gregory. They got a nice young corner in Patrick Sertan. One of the best safeties in the league in Justin Simmons. They got a good this roster. Good. Dude. They got a good roster. Yeah, this team's good. I, I don't I don't think it's bold to say Super Bowl preview on your end. Yeah, it's just, you know, I Part of it is I have a lot of respect for Russell Wilson, and you you brought up the roster. Denver's got a decent roster, and when Denver figures it out at the quarterback position, they usually do quite all right. Now, the rest of their division, obviously, the Raiders are pretty darn good. The Chargers have Herbert, but do we trust their head coach and their coaching staff? Not really. And then, of course, the Chiefs do exist. So, um, I, I it's just gonna be fireworks for the AFC West, and I you know if you can win games like that. And Trey Lance is your starter. You can win away games like that. Those are big deals for me when it comes to Trey Lance. We're gonna get to Trey Lance here in a second, but um, you know, I, I think these are these are huge stepping stone games for Trey and his development, whether they're wins or losses, and how they line up in the schedule. Like, could this game be the game before you go to Arizona, before you go to Mexico City, right? The elevation in Denver, back to back weeks have high elevation games, and you you know you go from playing Russell Wilson in Denver down to Mexico City to play Kyler Murray um, in November when, you know, you, that's just, that's two back-to-back tough games, right? How do you how do you respond with that type of travel? Like, there's a lot of information there. Um, are you going to Vegas, Leo, again? Oh, yeah, that that's the road game for me that I, that I am looking at to see where it lands in the calendar. What month is it? What day of the week is it? Is it going to be a Sunday night game? Is it going to just be a regular Sunday, normal, you know, 1 p.m. Pacific time? Um, so that's why, you know, Javi and I are talking about what is this schedule going to look like once it's released on Thursday, May 12th, and which road game. Look, road game because we're all – we can name any game at Levi's. That's home field. We're excited for that. But what road game are we going to go travel and support this team in? For me, it's that Raiders game. Like the Raiders in Vegas. Like yes, sign me up. That's that's the game I want to see. Devontae Adams. I want to see Charvarius Ward cover Devontae Adams. For whatever reason, this this past week, there's been a lot of talk on a, on Emmanuel Mosley, and I said for whatever reason because I've been giving him as well as you have been giving him his shine during the season, but now now he's getting some uh, some social media love. Talking about that, he had an All-Pro year uh, with his, with his based on coverage snaps, zero touchdowns allowed, thirty-three uh, passing yards or receiving yards allowed in coverage per game. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Like, who who's going to be our starting nickel corner to cover to cover Hunter Renfro, who had a thousand-yard season? Jason Verrett. Who? See, we could talk about it. I was interested in Jason Brett potentially being the nickel, but you want to put his body inside the box. Well, it's not inside the box, but you know, it's, it's pretty in there. I would honestly, I would. You would. Yeah, I would. 
Um, because, because now he, you've created He is depth. physical. Yeah. He is physical. We've we seen the tackle against Golden Tate where he just flipped him in with ease. Um, he can be physical. Uh, so it's not like he would be outmatched at nickel. My only concern would be his body basically being closer to the center and the big boys. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be fine. I, it's something that uh, the Niners have created quite a bit of depth now at their secondary. Um, but I'm with you on the ra- the AFC West road games are ideal. I think those are the best ones. So for those of you who ha- haven't seen the schedule or heard the schedule, again, the Niners play the Panthers. The Falcons, the Bears, the Raiders, the Broncos, and of course your Seattle Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals on the road. So eight road games, seven true road games, and one on a neutral field with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so if you're going to these games, make sure you're loud and proud for your 49ers. And as you know, we all know that 49ers fans do travel well. Um, the Raiders game, that's the one that's... It, for me, it was between the Raiders and the Broncos, but I, I just really like this Broncos team, and I think that this, I'm looking at Trey Lance, I'm looking at it as a big challenge. Um, speaking on Trey Lance, what are the realistic expectations for Trey, right? I think, I think there's, I think some of the stuff with Trey Lance is getting out of hand when it comes to what he can or cannot do. It's either you're too far in the positive or you're too far in the negative, right? We have people out there who are way too negative on, on the guy and people that are way too bullish on the guy. Um, I've, I said it all last offseason. There's going to be some growing pains with Trey. I went back and watched the Texans game. He missed a lot of throws. The same throws we give Jimmy Garoppolo crap for. Lance did the same thing, right? But the thing difference between Trey and Jimmy is Trey's a rookie, right? Those are things you can learn from and keep going. So he's going to have some growing pains. And this is why the schedule, I think, is really important. Like Last, last year, we, we went into the season, right? We said... Detroit and Philly, that's a soft landing for Trey, right? What's What would be a soft landing for Trey this year? Would you rather him start at home against Washington or on the road against the Falcons? Ooh, um, I would say rather on the road against the Falcons. Uh, I, I know Atlanta can get loud, especially if they bump that crowd noise through the speakers. Um, as previously, um, but I just don't think their secondary matches. I I know they added Hayward there uh, at the corner position, but it's like, is Washington going to have Chase Young back on that defensive line? Uh, I I think Washington had an off year defensively, and it wouldn't shock me if they bounced back into a top ten defense. So even though that it's a home game, I don't know if I want to see Trey Lance. <clears throat> play a top 10 defense out of the gate. Um, and I don't think Atlanta's going to sniff top 20 in defense, Franks. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm thinking about this right now and we're just looking at, this, looking at it. You know, I, I kind of want Trey to get some of these some of these lighter games. And I, and I mean that with all due respect to these teams because we, we're looking at them, right, and we're thinking, all right, the Falcons, we know they're not going to be very good. Like, I think we, we can all agree out there that team's probably capped at five wins, right? The Panthers, do they know their quarterback situation? We don't know, right? Are, are you really going to roll with Sam, Bar- Sam Bradford? Defensively, they should be pretty good, right? They have a lot of star power on that defense. Washington, yeah, do we trust Carson Wentz and everything else in that division for the NFC East? Yeah, I don't know. The Saints, who's their quarterback? Jameis? Taysom Hill? 
Like, what are they doing there? So there's four games on the schedule that you have a lot of question marks around the opponent. Chicago. I love Justin Fields. You know this better than anybody. I love Justin Fields. But they did that guy no favors in Chicago. Those are five games that the Niners should win. Right? And I, and I mean that with all due respect to those opponents. But Saints, Washington, Atlanta, Carolina, and the Bears should be all winnable games for the 49ers. Right? Is there a combination in there where the Niners get like, you, okay, you start on the road, Carolina, Atlanta, you come home week three, Kansas City. Right? But I would rather that because you already had Trey with two road games under his belt. He can go home, play a really tough opponent, but you know, you're you in a position to potentially where you're two and oh. Do you win the game against Kansas City? Who knows? Maybe. But what if that turns into a major shootout and you get a lot of momentum from that game? What if Trey gains a whole bunch of confidence from that game? Right? Those are the type of things I'm looking at with this schedule. Right, or not even that week three. What if week three is Miami? Here comes Mike McDaniels and Raheem Mostert. Right? Debo Samuel, Mike McDaniel have a nice handshake in the middle of the field before the game. Oh, I almost had you, dog. You know? Um What about if it's what I don't want to see is Tom Brady week three. Like that that would irk me. That's a lot of pressure. What I guess what I'm trying to do here is create at the least amount of pressure for Trey early on in the year because we know how people can be, and the media outlets can get. God forbid this kid starts off. <clears throat> Grant Cohn. <laughs> God forbid this this kid starts off one and four, right? And let's say Jimmy's still on the roster as the backup. Then things are getting a little weird. I want this kid to succeed, and I think the only way to do that is to hopefully have some type of soft landing spot, soft landing for this kid in the first four games of the season. If you want to look at soft landing spots, I think it's going to come down to the opposing offenses. It's got to be matchups where the defense is going to overpower the opponent, and they're going to keep Trey Lance into the game where the offense essentially only needs like 20 points to win it. And so that's where I look at maybe the Bears. If the Bears could be one of those week one or week two games, I think that's a soft landing spot. While I like Justin Fields, I'm still high on Justin Fields. I don't think that organization is really doing him favors. And they got rid of Khalil Mack. May not look like their other edge rushers going to stay there. Their defense has softened up. I think that I think that allows for a Trey Lance to to go ahead and, and do well and, and show himself. Um, and like you said, Atlanta. They started season two road games and they're Atlanta or Chicago or vice versa. My gosh, like what more can you, can, can you do for Trey Lance in scheduling purposes? And I would also like to say, does it hurt to essentially have these games piled up? Like if you have those two road games, does it hurt to have Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes just back to back, get those out of the way because teams that do good in the playoffs are usually teams that gain momentum into the playoffs. Like, if, if there's soft landing spots for Trent, and then this team starts off at, what, six and three, and then the rest of the season, you know, they they finish at, you know, what, two games above 500, 
nine and nine and seven or or whatever it is, but they lose momentum in that process. Is it you know not so much? Let's give them the cupcakes. Maybe maybe a tough rotate. You know, middle of the pack, like it's sandwiches. Like you have the soft landing spots to begin. Just sandwich the tough ones in the middle. Then the soft ones in the end, I think that's a perfect scenario. Obviously, that doesn't really happen with every team. But if you're able to have, say, some of these winnable games, like like you just alluded to, Seattle, one of, you know, hopefully two of their games are one of the last two against this 49ers team for the year. Um, same thing with, with Washington. I, I think with, you know, the Eagles getting stronger, Cowboys are the Cowboys. I'm not afraid to say the Washington Commanders are the third best team in their division. And if they're the third best team in the division, ain't no way they're making the playoffs. So if you're able to have, you know, maybe that as one of the last two games as well, and let's just sandwich in Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, this this new look Dolphins team, Derek Carr. If you can sandwich those ones in, I think at this point, you got to hope that Trey Lance knows and learns what it is to play against those other quarterbacks. Now, to uh, obviously, I said Miami Dolphins because I think they're a better team. Uh, it's not necessarily the quarterback position. <clears throat> but I wouldn't mind if they just piled on like three of these tough games in a row. Yeah, I think there's the schedule is going to be weird. Because I'm looking at it, and I to me the floor is nine. Ceiling is like 11. 11 wins is the ceiling. Because it, it, it is tough. You got two LA games. Three, I'm sorry. Two two versus the Rams. One versus the Chargers. You got the Chiefs. The Bucks, Right? And these are home games. Like, Chargers, Chiefs, and Bucks are home games. Like, who who, who who thought that was a good idea? Although that's the normal rotation. Whatever. Um... Right, and then Denver at home in Denver. When is that game? Is it in the middle? Is it in December? Is it early? Right, Las Vegas is an indoor stadium, no big deal. Atlanta, I'm not too worried about. Chicago, when's that? Early in the season? Is it too? Is it cold in December? Right, those things kind of matter. Carolina, same thing. Early in the season, super hot in Carolina. Early September, or is it one of those middle of the middle of the season type games? There's a lot of variables here, and then how do they stack up? Like. Do you go Kansas City Chargers back to back, or do you go like you said Tom Brady Mahomes back to back? Like that's that's a tough ask for any team, let alone a team starting a second year quarterback. Um, so the schedule's gonna be very interesting with Trey Lance. What are the realistic expectations for him? I'm not gonna put too many expectations on him. What I did do though was what I did. I broke down his numbers, and I probably did the math wrong here. But Trey finished last year 57 percent completion percentage, 603 yards, five. Passing touchdowns, two interceptions, um, 38 rushes, 163 yards, for and one rushing touchdown. If I were to do this and you know kind of extrapolate those numbers over a year, over a season's time, it's 3,400 yards, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. And I I was on the phone with uh, with a buddy of mine on the way home tonight. We were just talking about the Niners, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, going back, watch some of the tape. With Trey, again, there's going to be a lot of learning pains. Learning pains, growing pains, whatever you want to call it. With Trey in the season, and I think you we're going to see him progress as the season goes on, right? To me, 
23, the number 23 stood out. 23 touchdown passes. Seems like the right number for me. And five rushing touchdowns. So 28 total touchdowns for Trey Lance. Makes a ton of sense for me when it comes to this team. And somewhere in that 34 to 3,600 yards passing. And right around that, hovering at that 61% completion percentage. Because we know he has to work on his accuracy. We also know the Niners have some dropsy issues with Debo and Kittle. So those happens there. And Danny Gray has been known to not have the best hands uh, coming out of the draft. So that's not that's got to count for that. Um, and then the interceptions, right? He's going to learn. He's going to learn. He's going to make some mistakes. He's going to take chances. He's going to want to throw the ball down the field. Things are going to happen, right? So I think the turnovers are going to exist there. But I wouldn't you know, be surprised if 61 completion percentage, 34 to 3,600 yards passing, 23 passing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and you're looking at something where he's doing, you know, he's probably got like 45, 50 rushes for 300 and five touchdowns, right? So this is the value of Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, which we'll get to Kittle in here in a minute, but... What do you think is a realistic number for, for Trey in, in this season? I think what you said was key there. Um, like, I, I'm not expecting Trey Lance to hover around the Jimmy Garoppolo 69% completion percentage. Like, their styles are too different for that to happen. Trey Lance is going to take more of the riskier passes, more of the downfield shots. Common sense. When you do that, your completion percentage isn't going to be as high. And I looked at his two starts this season, what well, it was Arizona versus Houston. And in those two starts, it was a combined 59% completion percentage. And especially in the second start, it was at 69.5. So, yeah, you know, you're going to have those games where it is in that Jimmy Garoppolo territory. But if you could have him over 60%, so whether it's at 61%, that's a huge win. For a guy like Trey Lance, that's going to take those downfield targets. And someone I kind of compare to in their second year in terms of touchdowns to interceptions ratio was two to one. Who was that? Mitch Trubisky. Someone who had accuracy concerns had a two to one touchdown to interception ratio. Now Trey Lance goes out there and gives me 28 touchdowns. With 14 interceptions, I don't care. The guy gave me 28 passing touchdowns. And that doesn't include what he's going to do rushing. Maybe another six more. We're talking about in the 30s. 49ers haven't seen that at the quarterback position. 30 total touchdowns since Jeff Garcia. That's how long it's been. And um, I think Trey Lance could get there. I think he could be a two-to-one interception guy. Hell, Jimmy Garoppolo was almost that at times in his career. And that's with Jimmy Garoppolo not taking chances down the field. Um, and what I mean is, you know, 35-yard pass. Tends to be a little more easier to get in the, the end zone when you're compared to being at the two-yard line. The field shrinks. Uh, so with Trey Lance, I like his opportunity to get 30 total touchdowns. I don't think it's too much to ask. Considering Patrick Mahomes had like 50 combined touchdowns in his first year as a starter. We're not saying that. We're saying 30, not 50. I think that's reasonable. Two to one interception ratio. I think that's reasonable. 61% completion percentage. Hell, he had 59 combined in two starts last season. 
I think 61 is reasonable. Passing yards, uh, you know, I think that's going to depend on game flow. It's going to depend on the rushing attack. But I, I, I can definitely see Trey Lance uh, getting close to 4,000 yards. But realistically, he's probably going to be in that 3,500 to 4,000. Realistically. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo ever cracked 4,000 with the 49ers. Yeah, Jimmy was, um, in 2019, he was 22 yards away from 4,000 yards. So he uh, Exactly. I think Trey's going to hover around the same. Yeah, and the Niners got um, got to the Super Bowl with 27 touchdowns and 13 interceptions out of Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019. Now that's a different that's a different roster. Obviously, it's a really good defense. Um, I'm not I don't expect much of a of a regression from the 49ers defense. I actually expect them to be a more dominant sack team, right, as opposed to what they were early on in the year last year. So those I think those sack numbers are going to go up quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, uh, if the bar is just Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm not trying to disparage Jimmy Garoppolo here, but if it's 61% completion percentage and he's doing 34 to 3,600 yards passing, 23 passing touchdowns to, you know, 11 um, interception, then you add in his rushing ability, then you're about right where you needed to be with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then, of course, I think the expectation here is this the 49ers running game is going to be pretty darn Dominant, I, I, dominant is probably not the word I should use here, but I think they're going to rely on the rushing game a lot more this year than they did in past years, and this is all part of getting Trey developed, having him understand things at the line of scrimmage, working and using his best attribute, you know, best assets to his, you know, to his to his advantage when it comes to the run game, the offensive line, Kyle Juszczyk, Tyler Davis, Price, um, Elijah Mitchell, and all that stuff with the running game, so. I don't think they're going to put too, too much on his plate this year, and I think it's very possible that he ends up with a 61 passing, 61 completion percentage and right around 3,500 yards passing. So the expectation, I think we all should, as fans, just temper the expectations, bring him back to reality a little bit here. We're not expecting an all-pro season from Trey. It's okay to get excited about the kid, but let's really try to set the proper expectation when it comes to what we should be seeing from Trey Lance in year two. I agree. Um, we're probably going to see more of the Lance make him dance. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm trying uh, to come up with something that rhymes with, with since Shanahan had Jimmy Gimme's, uh, where, which those were high completion screen passes, um, pitch passes behind the line of scrimmage, um, you know, just quick check downs, whether it was Kittle, whatever it was. Um, he had those Jimmy Gimme's installed. When we saw Trey Lance out there, we didn't see much of the, I don't know, Lance gimmies um, as much as we saw with Jimmy. Maybe we see a little bit more of those. Uh, it should be interesting. 2022 season's around the corner. Uh, the 12th Thursday, we will have a schedule release, and we'll go over all that uh, following up on next Tuesday's show. Um, just keep the real, keep the expectations for, for Trey realistic. That's all that I'm asking. You know, because Twitter gets a little out of hand, and social media groups get out of hand, and of course... Then you have your regular national media who just, you know, kind of throw a whole bunch of stuff out there. We're going to try to keep it as level as possible here. Hopefully that helped out. You, you know, I think most 49 fans are pretty damn smart and they can put this stuff together. But as always, um, I'm Javi. That is Leo. Make sure you check me out on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. Check out my guy here at LeoLuna93. And then, of course, make sure you subscribe, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, iTunes, 
um, Spotify, wherever you subscribe, rate, review. We do appreciate it. Um, make sure you check out everything at NinersNation.com. A lot more content coming. Next week, we're trying to go over some more expectations for the 2022 season. We will have some, hopefully, hopefully some video from the Niners content because these guys have been there for a couple of days now and nothing's come out with video. Can I see Trey throwing a ball down the field? Uh, but the rookies will be in, be in the building here in a couple of days and we'll have some news on them. Uh, but until then, everyone stay safe. Go Niners. Peace. Peace.